Mal in My Shoes, the Walk and Talk podcast with the forever 2019 Arkansas Teacher of the Year and nationally recognized esteemed educator, Stacey McAdoo. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of A Mal in My Shoes, the Walk and Talk podcast. I am Stacey McAdoo, your forever 2019 Arkansas Teacher of the Year, and today you are in for a treat. We are walking with an Arkansas native, um, and a person who has been in education for 10 years. They started in early childhood education, and then they're now teaching fifth grade. Um, I don't even know what else I want to say about this individual. Oh, I know. This person triple majored during their undergraduate degree. They have a, a degree in psychology, sociology, and African and African-American studies. They hold two master's degrees, one in educational equity, and they are passionate about all things education. Now, <laughs> after sharing all of that, which I promise does not even halfway describe all of this individual's awesomeness, I'm suffering from a little bit of imposter syndrome and I don't feel like I'm smart enough to even engage in a conversation with this person. But will the esteemed, brilliant educator on the other end of this call please state your name for the listening audience? Hi, my name is Aisha Green, and I am a fifth grade teacher in Little Rock School District. Hey, Aisha. (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? I guess I'm all right. Um, you know, she got me out here in these streets. It's cold and all of that stuff early in the morning, but it's, it's all good. It's all, and it's a little bit of uh, drizzle happening here. Is, it, is that happening over there where you are? No. No. Okay. Well, good. Good, good, good. All right. Let's, before we get into everything, let's, um, let's talk about school first, like your schooling. Tell us why an undergraduate who's a tri- who was a triple major would decide to enter the education profession, and why well, these little humans at that? <laughs> <laughs> well, when I first uh, went to college, I think we never know like what we truly want to do. We're just experimenting. Um, I first started off as a biology major. I wanted to uh, be a pediatrician, and then I took a sociology class. And it just opened my mind up to uh, just the different inequities in the world. And so I changed my major to sociology and then added psychology and African and African-American studies to it. After that, I just continued to learn about education systems and just the different systems in the world, paired with the psychology and learning about the mind of humans. And then with the African and African-American studies, I was just learning about, you know, the Black experience before coming to America and then coming to America. So then I was like, you know, I want to make a change. How can I make a change? And then I thought about education. You know, you start with developing the minds of the young humans. And then it was too late to change my major to education. So I was like, (laughs) okay, Uh, (laughs) I'll continue with sociology and, you know, the psychology and history part. And then later I can go be a teacher. And so um, I did that, completed that, and then went to school to get my master's in teaching and then allow me to go into the classroom to teach. After that, I went and got my master's <laughs> in educational equity. <laughs> and 
educational equity actually tied in everything that I've learned uh, along the way because we looked at, you know, just the different disparities in education, how to disrupt systems in education. Um, a lot of our work was more practical instead of theoretical. So um, we will identify a problem in our school, and then it was our task to, um, you know, create a solution for that problem. And so it was. I was able to connect everything together and then just, you know, really find out what I really liked about education and how I could create a change in education. Wow. That, I, see, at the beginning I was saying that I wasn't smart enough to walk with you. Now I really know I really ain't. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Okay, so, so when, when you were studying or... um. Mm, that's the other thing about walking and talking. You know, it's kind of like chewing bubblegum for some people. It's kind of hard for me at times because my mind goes blank, especially like yeah. right now I'm walking <laughs> up a hill. But um, when you were doing, I got the word now, when you were doing action research um, uh, after you identified a problem or whatever in your school, what what was your particular problem or uh, issue that you were looking at? My main focus was on literacy. Um, I worked at a school in which we had a high population of English English language learners and um, low-income students, and continuously we would have low literacy scores. And so um, a part of my research was how could we make reading just like a thing? How can we become like a reading school? And so um, I would put on different events for parents and teachers um, implement different programs in the school so that kids could, like, you know, find their avenue of reading because you will see, like, kids would not read at all. And so, you know, opening their minds and showing them, like, graphic novels and introducing them to influential people that they would want to read about. Um, so I did that for most of my projects, was just looking at literacy. How can we improve literacy in this area? I love it. Now... You didn't mention this in your bio, but don't you have your own business? <laughs> I do. I have um, a reading program. Initially, it was designed for uh, three to five-year-olds uh, called Little Readers. And with Little Readers, I work with students and in increasing their phonic skills. So I, I typically like to do the younger, the three to five age, because they actually catch on quicker and it doesn't take a lesson very long. Like I meet with my students uh, 15 to 20 minutes and just go over, like, letter sounds, and then we get deeper into reading. Um, I have expanded it to eighth grade because so many parents have reached out because their older children are struggling with reading. So I um, tutor, I have host classes for the toddlers and preschoolers, and then I also do classes for um, upper elementary and middle school students. See, that's what's up. You, you took... You took your interest, your passion about education and what needed to be improved, and you walked the walk. I, I love it. I love it. Um, finish this. Finish this sentence. Uh, and this is going to be in regards to equity because I know your one of your degrees is in educational equity. Um, as it relates to equity. Every child or teacher deserves blank. Every child and teacher deserves 
an opportunity to explore and innovation. I think um, in education, we, you know, we have curriculums and just the things that we have to follow by. And it kind of burns both the teacher and the student out. Um, they're not learning about things that are, you know, particularly particularly interesting to them. And then the teachers are not using their full skill in the classroom. So just giving a freedom to, like, explore the different opportunities and not just isolate education to the classroom. Like, we don't have very many opportunities for students to go out and engage in their community and, you know, find issues in a community that, that they want to change or um, just the practical part of behind education. They're just supposed to sit in a desk and teachers read from a curriculum and deliver the curriculum, but it's no opening of mind. Right. Okay. We are, or I am, a little bit, um, a little more than It's starting to rain over here. I know. I told you it was going to come. <laughs> and, and we're almost we're almost through, so I'm turning around to walk back because, like I said, I'm a little bit halfway past the half mile. Um, if you had a chance to sit down and have a conversation with an educational decision or policymaker, what would you talk about and what would be your ask of them? This is something I've thought about for a long time, and I don't know if I just just have the answer, but I definitely sit down and talk about um, just reimagining what education looks like. I mean, we've changed in certain ways over the years in education, and that's mostly in terms of curriculum or instructional methods and all of that, but are we really servicing the students that we teach today? Because the world has changed. We're more technology-driven. Um, kids are more creative and expressive, but we haven't changed that to reflect in the classroom. So how can we reimagine education so that students are, they want to come to school, they want to engage with what we're talking about, and it's not a disconnect from what they experience when they leave out of the classroom. So how can we reimagine education for the students that we serve today? Do you have a suggestion on how we can do that? Um, definitely work with the students, like um, identifying what is of interest to them, what creating like a a roundtable with students and educators and leaders and just talking about what works, what doesn't work, what would we like to see inside of the classroom, what gets you hype about learning, and just start off with a, just a simple conversation and then we can go on from there so that it can reflect what the students' interests are. Okay. And how might a policymaker, a uh, legislator, help with that? Um, as far as the different policies that we have in place and, like, the high-stakes te uh, high testing, if we could change some of the requirements, I don't know if they'll be, like, willing to because, you know, everything is political, but um, <laughs> how can we... We we need to change so much in education, but how could we change it, like, at a policy level so that it can, you know, trickle down into the classroom? Can we take away the high-stakes uh, high testing? Can we, um, you know, get different forms of assessments for students? Can we get more resources in the classroom so that they're able to explore and have more opportunities for innovation? Okay. I uh, only got two more questions for you. What what's the best piece of advice that you've ever received about education or what piece of advice would you like to give 
to um, an educator who may be feeling a little frustrated with the current educational system? When I was an undergrad, I had a professor that told me um, in order to dismantle a system, you have to have people working within and against the system um, in order to create true change. So that's something that I think about all the time because you will get frustrated in the classroom. You will get frustrated with the different um, ask of teachers. But we have to know that, like, even in the day-to-day work that we're still working to dismantle the system and we have people that we can, you know, reach out to and help us dismantle different parts of that system. So never, never get discouraged as we're working through this because the anger is what's going to help you feel change in education. Yeah, your professor is brilliant. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think about that all the time. Is there is there anything that you wanted to talk about that I didn't ask you about? Um, no, I think that's all. That's it. Hmm. Don't you have an upcoming project more. that you're working on? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> no, you yeah, don't yeah. have to have any more. I just I just know I just know that you're real humble. And yeah, a lot of um, stuff that you didn't include in that Google form that I personally know about. So I want the world to know how <laughs> awesome you are. Um, um, so uh, uh, like I said, a lot of my action research was behind literacy, and what I found was like black boys, like at, after a certain age, like they'll learn how to read in read in school, but then it may be a time where they just clock out of reading because it's not anything that's of interest to them. So a friend and I, who is a, um, he's a poet and a rap artist, um, we're working together to create a book series for uh, black boys that follows the life and journeys of four black boys in a community. And it's named after the neighborhood that we grew up in. And um, it's a series. We are currently halfway through our first book. And it's it's going to be a good thing, especially just to it's relatable for black boys. And it's one thing that we wanted to do. Aisha, I'm so proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) And and so honored to know you. And I'm so serious. All right. (laughs) Thank you. Before we call it a wrap, um, I always ask the guests to share a snippet of their favorite song or their favorite poem or um, quote. Do you have anything that you can leave us with? Um, my favorite quote, I don't know the author of this quote, but it's, it says, and this gave me motivation throughout my undergrad because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, it says, um, instead of giving myself reasons why I can't, I give myself reasons why I can't. So as I just encountered everything, it was like, you know, there are reasons why I can, but I have way more reasons why I can. See, we're going to drop the mic right there like that. Well, thank you so much for allowing me an opportunity to walk a mile in your shoes. I have really, really enjoyed this conversation. And um, I know that every child that has an opportunity to to learn from you, learn with you, uh, and that their lives are much better because of you. So thank thank you, you, thank you, thank you. And I wish you all the best and everything that you set out to do. And I hope you have an absolutely fabulous 
rest of today and an even better rest of your year. Thank you. Thank you for having me. For more information about or to contact your host, Stacey McAdoo, the 